0: Punchy Panda Podcast back in your life. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you guys for joining me. Keep good keep on Twitter. Always hit me up. Anything that you want to know. Anything you want me to add, just let me know. Gonna be breaking down the Bellator Grand Prix Finals, as well as all the action on 214 card. Wow. It was a great event. It was a bit slow at times, but Scott Coker is an amazing guy. He allowed me to believe that Fedor Emelianenko, 42 years old, could face a top five opponent and do well. Of course, that was not what happened. Ryan Bader becomes the first ever simultaneous champion in Bellator history, capturing the heavyweight championship at just 32 seconds, stopping Fedor Emelianenko, seemingly with just one punch. I mean... To be honest, we've all known that Fedor's chin has been a bit suspectable. He was knocked out by Dan Henderson. Fabio Maldonado tuned him up. But the knockout power that Bader has at heavyweight is just amazing. The power is really translating up there, stopping King Mo and now Fedor. And it begs the question, you know, where does Ryan Bader really rank? In the light heavyweight and heavyweight rankings. I just mentioned earlier that he's undoubtedly top five at light heavyweight. You know, I put him right behind, you know, Gustafson. But at heavyweight, you know, we got Stipe up there, Derek Lewis, Volkov. I don't know how he would do against those type of challenges, but he only has one fight left over in Bellator, so maybe we can get those fights. All the people on Twitter and online have, uh, re I don't want to say uh, revamped the rivalry between him and Daniel Cormier. But that scene at UFC 187 post-fight press conference with them having their little kerfuffle has been doing the rounds on Twitter. I don't know if the seed that was planted that night can turn into a big UFC main event on a pay-per-view. You know, Ryan Bader has never been, you know, that big of a draw. His style is not that dynamic, except for as of recently. So I just don't really know where they go from here. I just, he said himself at the post-fight press conference that he's not looking to face, you know, the number one contender in light heavyweight in Bellator. And in the heavyweight division, we have Czech Congo out there, you know, I think he's on like a, you know, a five or six fight win streak or something like that. Both of those fights, you know, they sound good. They're not really interesting to me. But personally, I want to see him go back to the UFC and see what he does against that competition. He was always that guy who just fell short, the number one contender. You know, lost to Jon Jones, lost to Glover Shara, lost the Rumble. But I want to see if he's actually turned that corner. I always thought he would do great in Bellator, but for him to turn the corner in the UFC and get those big statement wins, I think would solidify his place in MMA history. You know, he is the winner of the Ultimate Fighter, which is very prestigious. He's been a perennial contender his entire career in the UFC, and now he has two belts that he's gonna he can bring into any promotion. So I really am looking to see what Bellator can do with him. And most importantly, I'm looking to see if he stays. What can we say about the rest of the career of Fedor Marilenko from here, though? You know, he gets stopped by Matt Mitrione, who, you know, he's going to be fighting soon. He's back in the rotation. So that's not good. I'm not saying it's bad for his career, but, you know, now that he's back in the rotation. It's going to be a harder fight back to the title. But does he go back to the title? You know, he's 42 years old. He's a legend. One of the greatest heavyweights ever. Bellator obviously can do things with him before he retires. But he's had an illustrious career. I don't know if there's more for him to do to improve that career, especially at 42 years of age. I would like for him to get, you know, maybe two more wins under his belt you know maybe a a fight where he could win based on you know I don't even know who's in the belt or heavyweight division and be honest but he can get a you know a quick win and then maybe do a, reti- a big retirement fight you know Fedor is a main eventer 100% so I would love to see him get at least two more fights in Bellator. I don't want to see him go out like he did. It was very, very sad. But, you know, that's what happens when you're a warrior. When you are a warrior, then you go out in wars and you fight for 10 years, you know, eventually. You got to figure out a time to hang it up. I don't know if now is it. Like I said, he was just, he was fighting the top five guy in the world Don't think that's something where you could say, okay, he's done. But maybe he fights a Czech Congo and we see where he goes from here. I don't know if it's even possible, but him and Bader weighed in around the same amount. Maybe he can even drop down a light heavyweight for his, you know, for his last fight. That would be amazing. But that's a little wishful thinking. Me thinking that his career is going to prolong a little bit longer than it is. There was so many muslings about him retiring after this fight. And I just hope that's not true. In the co-main event, we have Aaron Pico taking on Henry Corrales. And I just want to make one point off the bat, very clear. This was an overmatch opponent. And Henry Corrales is well proven inside of the Bellator cage. He's not a a Zach Freeman who's coming into the circuit. He's someone who's been proven, tried, tested, fought for the number one contenders fight, fought former Bellator champions. I knew this was going to be a very, very difficult fight. And I knew that it it ended in in the first round that Corrales was going to come out on top. But that first time he went down was very scary. Aaron Pico. Lance, hard right hand, drops Corrales, but being the veteran he is, you know, being in almost 20 fights compared to Aaron Pico's five, you have to say, the experience showed him through, he kept his composure, kept his hands tight, and he delivered the knockout sequence that allowed him to win in the first round. A lot of people were piping this up, trying to get Pico a title shot things like that, but he's just not there yet. It just seems that, just like in the first fight that he had with Zach Freeman, it's just an experience. It's not like he doesn't have the power. It's not like he doesn't have control. It's not like he's not trained by the best guys. He just needs to learn how to explode when needed and to put back the reins. I would love to see Aaron Pico goes a decision, and I felt like he would win a decision against Henry Corrales. When he got him hurt, got to go to his wrestling. I feel like he's abandoning his wrestling and only using it as a defensive mechanism. But he needs to pull that more into his offense. I know you got heavy hands, and I know you love hitting the body. But you got to go back to your bread and butter. You got to go back to what people were looking for you to, that wrestling. Now you got the golden gloves, but that wrestling is going to be the difference maker in all his fights going forward. And I hope that his camp and everyone around him is telling him, you're getting gun shy. I'm not, I'm sorry, that's the wrong analogy. You're getting trigger happy, and you just need to pull him back. You get knockout happy after you get a bunch of them in a row, and that, uh, that's obviously what happened. Something that can be fixed, tuned well-oiled, and we can have a better product going out. I'd prefer him take the Darian Caldwell route or the AJ McKee route and just fight the noobs that Bellator has coming up. You don't have to fight number one contender after number one contender. You don't have to jump the gun so soon. He's young and hungry, and everybody loves that. But at the end of the day, it's about getting the victory. Your name is not going to carry you forever, especially if you rack up a bunch of losses. So just think about that, Pico. But taking nothing away from Henry Corrales, what an amazing performance. I would love to see him go further in his career. He has a great record. He's going to be getting more top contenders after this, and I'd, I'm very interested to see what Bellator does with him. I think he, like I said, he's a great veteran, and he knows that he has that one-punch knockout power too, and he can come back in a fight. So these things are very important, and I would love to see where they match them up. Another important fight on this card, we had a featherweight fight between Juan Occioleta and uh, Ricky Baneas. Very great back-and-forth contest. It was really the length and diverse strikes of Baneas versus the pressure and takedowns of his opponent. Very good featherweight fight. That's supposed to be a number one contender fight. I like how it went to three rounds. You saw a little bit of everything in the first round. Um, the, the takedowns and the just the dog fight that uh, Bonnie has opponent had. I just keep forgetting his name. I don't know why. It was amazing, and he did a good job at you know keeping the clinch, keeping the pressure close, not allowing that distance to become a great factor. But I personally felt like in the last two rounds that Banejas actually did better at getting his distance, kept those takedowns at bay, and landed a lot of strikes. But the volume and that forward pressure and that explosion from Juan Archuleta was just the difference maker, split decision. Personally, in my eyes, they gave him all three rounds, which was atrocious, but good job. I hope to see him in that um, featherweight championship fight next. And Archuleta trains with Cub Swanson and C.J. Dillassar. So he has a great camp around him. You know, he's just dropped down to his weight. And I hope that, you know, he can have a good showing against uh, Pitbull. I, you know, I don't see him winning with that type of style, especially with the takedown defense that Pitbull has. But you never know. And with a great camp behind them, those technicians and are gonna pull up a game plan that is gonna be very hard to defeat. Other notes on the card: We had the debut of Jack Hager. Um, came out with our truth. That was very entertaining. Very good fight at heavyweight. Shows that he has some juice. Great takedown. Great submission techniques. You know, what else could you ask for for somebody making their pro debut? Did a great job, implemented that wrestling that he should have, and I'd like to see more from him going forward. Also, we have the um, the Marine vet getting a big win and the opener. Very impressive as well, fighting somebody that was undersized, but, you know, you give him the win. Had the um, powerful Star Lord in his corner, so, you know, you got to put that in the promotion whenever you can. And unfortunately, split decision lost by the Jiu-Jitsu Wiz, A.J. Azazar. So, again, we can always go forward from here. You know, he fought he fought somebody who was uh, making their pro debut as well. So, split division is not bad. Getting a lot of experience is not bad. Blowing out of the gates, impressive, is not always a sign of a great MMA career. You know, just look at Aaron Pico. So, always to see what he has going forward. As well. Keep good, Keep on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Keep listening. Hit me up there if you want me to add anything. Need for me to improve anything, just let me know. Next, we're going to move on to the most famous hearing in Nevada State history. We had all the major players, well, the representatives of the major players in the room. For the famous UFC 229 brawl, the judgments were finally handed out and they are as follows. Khabib Nurmagomedov will be suspended nine months and given a $500,000 fine from his $2 million recorded purse guaranteed. He does have a chance to reduce that suspension. I'll get to that. But Conor McGregor will be suspended for six months and will be required to pay a $50,000 fine for his uh, role in incident that happened that night. Now, Khabib can record an anti-bullying PSA for the Nevada State Athletic Commission and receive a reduction of three months. So he'll have a total of six months suspension. But that is something that is on the table. As far as the suspension, there's been a lot of hoopla online about the amount. I'll just come out and say that $500,000 or 20% of somebody's wages for a contest where they defended their championship is unreal. Absolutely a money grab. Absolutely egregious. Something that should never happen. And I know what he did was horrible. 100%, but I don't think those ends justify those means. We've seen people hop out of the cage. We've seen people, you know, swing on referees. Now, I just feel like that is a lot of money for someone who you're also are going to ask to come back to your state. So Khabib has already mentioned online that he's done with Nevada And he's looking to fight in November in New York. So at least we have a small timeline to look at for him. Uh, Conor McGregor only put out a uh, a meaningless tweet poking fun at the people who came in to attack him. Saying that he got the last uh, shot off in the end. That's funny. Um, Like I said, very meaningless. But at least he's in good spirits about his... Um, Judgment that was handed down Like I said, Khabib and Connor both weren't there In Nevada, they had the representatives They were already struck in a deal In accordance to the thing that happened at 229 So, luckily, they're not going to be out for more than a year But some of the representatives from Khabib camp Are going to continue to fall out Um, Zabura and Khabib's brother both suspended for a year $25,000 $25,000 fines I believe uh, and Artem Lobov has been released from the UFC something that was completely separate but I'll put them together because that was obviously the next fight people are really looking forward to see Khabib versus Connor mini form so it looks like that's not going to happen even in the foreseeable year so uh, again you can't jump in the cage and attack people I feel like that's a lot more egregious than jumping out of the cage and attacking someone who's taunting you. Conor McGregor was just standing there recuperating, and he was attacked. And they got a less, less of a fine. I just don't understand that. I feel a little convoluted about it. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to pay the toll. And is going to, you know, they're swinging the hammer pretty hard. They also mentioned that they're going to... St- Try to come after you know verbal um arguments, verbal agitations to stop things like this from happening in the future, which doesn't really make much sense to me. It's like how can you be the you know the I know you are the police in terms of giving people licenses and things like that, but I don't know if you can try to change the verbiage that's been ingrained in this sport you know since even before its conception since combat has been done in general so i'm not 100% sure what they mean they're saying they're looking into taking actions against this, these sort of things against you know take attacking family and religion and things like that which of course you know it's going to make the sport a lot more palpable palpable make the sport taste better but at the end of the day that's something that's going to water down the sport. It's going to turn fans away. It's going to turn fans away from Nevada. And, um, you know, we know they're all divas over there. We know that they like to be in the spotlight. So this could be another one of their ploys to, you know, get more attention on the Nevada State of Atlantic Commission. Maybe that's why they had all three players together at the same time after this lengthy, lengthy, lengthy process of trying to get the deal done with Khabib and Connor. But it's not unknown. But we do know this. Both Connor and Khabib will be eligible to fight this year. And that, at least, is something to look forward to. Completing the trifecta at the Nevada State Athletic Commission hearing was John Jones. Yes, John Jones, who famously had the UFC event moved in order to accommodate a failed a metabolite. I will change my rhetoric, a metabolite that was determined to be in his system by USADA. The Nevada State Athletic Commission voted to hold a meeting at the committee to determine if he was eligible for a license before he was eligible to compete that night. So the entire event was moved to California. Yes, very recent in everyone's mind very recent was the Vada test in everyone's mind, that revealed the same metabolites in his system. Those long-term metabolites. So, a lot of nervous energy going into this event for me, at least. Ha! Event like it's a, a battle or something. But again, John Jones is exonerated, so to speak. He's given a one-fight license to compete at UFC 235. In addition. To that, he is required to go on a year-long testing and all that data will be given to the Nevada State Athletic Commission going forward. So, I'm not 100% sure, but it looks like the combination of long-term metabolites and the USADA passport, which is something that the Nevada State Athletic Commission definitely pointed out as being important, was the smoking gun to exonerate John Jones. Because he's showing a clean passport and showing that he's done all the right things, never failing a test, even showing a positive test coming after the event directly. I'm sorry, a negative test coming after the event. He did have a positive test after, but his post fight drug test came back clean. They have at least a one-fight confidence to allow him to compete. And I think that's all good. You know, we got to go on case-by-case case basis. You know, new science is always produced. Someone could always just, you know, MMA is a small place. Someone could come around and be like, hey, this right here is wrong. This right here needs to be fixed. And here's the science to prove it. And once that happens, we can't just allow somebody to have keep having license or we keep going through these same situations where somebody is automatically booked somewhere You know, I think it's great to give Las Vegas, John Jones, back. They were guaranteed him. They were promised him. So I appreciate that happening. But we're going to just play this by ear so far until more evidence is given to the contrary or more science is produced. We just have to assume that John Jones might have a pulsing effect and that unfortunately these drug tests may continue to come up. He may still be allowed to fight. we going to switch gears here to talking about The Promised Neverland episode 3. What a wonderful episode. The most important thing going on in this episode is the introduction of Sister Crone. Got a lot of background information here, a lot of little nooks and crannies that'll be important for the future. The episode starts out as Sister Crone gets her room as the three known kids are looking upon her. They do a nice little cut take where they're looking intensely. Crone looks down the steps. Oh, we're smiling, kids. We love you. How are you doing? That was very nice. As well as there's also another cut scene where a kid gets kicked by a ball in the face, which is absolutely hilarious and i love those little things that happen as well as the camera angles are very dynamic when isabella and crone talk and especially when crone goes back to her room with that creepy doll and unveils her plan isabella first tells crone we know who's basically trying to escape your job is just to make sure they don't escape so we can produce the quality goods That I'm known for. And Crone even agrees. Isabella's famous. This farm is very famous. For the goods that it produces. So Isabella wants to keep that intact. Crone doesn't care one bit. Crone wants to have. Everything for herself. She wants to take over the farm. And have all the kids. For her. And become a mama. With her own field house. Very ambitious. So. She's using the escapees as sort of a as sort of a ploy and bargaining chip to go to the higher ups with. So hopefully if they I give you these, tell you her failures, you'll reward me. So it's a solid plan, but first she has to get the identities, which is something that Isabella conveniently left out. How are you gonna guard somebody if you don't know who you're actually guarding? Hilarious. So Crone using her deductive abilities, starts to hunt down the children as they develop a game of tag used to increase all the kids' abilities so they can be faster, track better, hide their movements, hide their breath. Which was a good technique used by Emma and the kids because, unfortunately, Crone did let Emma know that she's in on the loop and that she suspects her. Luckily, all this negative information w- would be parlayed with a lot of good information. Like I said, the training method that has come out, developed by Emma, Ray, and Norman, will be used to increase the kid's strength that allowed them to escape easier. In addition, they found the location of the transmitters. That's right. They used... The new induction to the Grace House, the tiny baby, to f- develop the location. And that was just genius. It's located behind the ear. It's very, very tiny, but Ray says he's got it. So we gotta let Ray be Lay. Unfortunately, due to the fact that all this information has gotten out and all this information was basically handed to them, they could have, you know, sealed off Connie. Made it so nobody could look at her, you know, bring her in at a time where they couldn't find the ears or anything like that. But they decided not to. So knowing that, there must be someone feeding them information. There must be someone that is moving through the house as a child, giving information up to the adults. And Norman has discovered that. But now, it's only a matter of who. I could tell you my ideas, but you can hit me up on it, Keep with Keith on Twitter, the proxy pharaoh, and I'll let you in on that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Look out for more heat. Come for me later in the week. Going to be discussing UFC by Night For The the English press conference for UFC London, and of course, UFC 235 press conference. It's going to be a big show. Look out for that. Look out for more anime news. Thank you so much. And always, punch up.